welcome everyone. This is Glenda Dawson and I have Moon Girl here with us and you're watching the Paranormal Dolls. Welcome. Hey. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm always doing fine. You know that. <laughs> Even if I'm on a stretcher hooked up to machines, I'm fine. <laughs> You'll still be doing podcasts in class. I'll still be doing podcasts, yes. I'll just put on makeup, try to hide all the machinery. Perfect. So uh, I hear, oh, I see we have a perfect guest today. Yes. Yes. Would you like to introduce him? Mr. Billy Lewis. Thank you so much for being here with us. Hey. Do you want to, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on with us. It's uh, it's really a, a pleasure, a pleasure. Um, so tell us about yourself, so our audience could get to know you, and not not that everybody doesn't know you, but for more people to get to know. You. <laughs> um, well, not many people know me, and I want to keep it that way. No, um, <laughs> so I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay as low key as possible. Um, not that I'm anybody, but I still try to stay low key. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yes, my name is Billy Lewis. Um, I am a filmmaker, um, born and raised in North Carolina. Um, and I've been in the, I guess, filmmaking entertainment business for, um, gosh, since 2000, 2001. Um, I, when I went to college, um, you know, young and naive and was just trying to figure out what, you know, my direction should be in life. Did a lot of meditate and a lot of praying, a lot of soul searching. And um, probably like my sophomore year in college, something just kind of came over me, a feeling that I should be in the entertainment field. Now, at the time, 19, 20 years old, um, I didn't know um, that was very vague, obviously, and I was very naive. Um, like what, you know, nobody in my family had ever done anything like what I do, filmmaking and, and video production and, and, and whatnot. So um, anyways, graduated from college, got a degree in broadcast journalism, um, which was good for nothing um, <laughs> because everything I've learned since then, I've kind of learned on my own. and. It's funny because I actually go back and or not go back, but I've talked to several college classes, um, film classes, uh, particular or, or those getting their degrees in film. And um, and I want to tell them so bad that they really don't need school. I don't want to tell anyone to <laughs> not go to school, um, but I'm like, oh, you'd save a lot of money if you're really passionate about it and you work hard and that's what you feel like you were, you know, you're supposed to be doing. So, um, anyways, long story short, I don't want to dog out college. Um, but after I graduated, I moved out to Los Angeles, um, mm -hmm. early two thousands and lived out there for a year. Uh, again, very naive, very young. Um, just thought I would go out there and, you know, get discovered and just be in the entertainment industry and um, it's a rude awakening uh, living out there and, you know, seeing that everybody is trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. So after a year, I ended up moving back to North Carolina um, and just trying to figure out a better game plan. And um, again, uh, just figure out, well, do I want to try to be an actor? I tried that and I wasn't very good at it. Um, it was very tough to be an actor because uh, I had a hard time like kind of losing myself and being an, a character and whatnot. So I give a lot of kudos and a lot of credit for, for really good actors. Now I've worked with a lot of actors over the years and I've worked with a lot of bad actors too. So uh, acting is not easy, especially you know, those who, who do it flawlessly. But um, anyway, so so when I moved back here, I ended up getting a job in TV news um, for, and I worked in TV news for about five years. And I tell everyone that that was my real education because um, 
I started out as a studio production assistant and learned a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And then um, I started learning how to use a camera like in my off time. So then I was able to go out and actually start shooting news. Um, and then I learned how to edit. I learned how to interview people, learned how to lie. I learned how to, you know, shoot stuff. And more importantly, when I worked in news, um, it gave me a great, it, it developed inside me a great work ethic because when you shoot, when you go and do news every day, you know, you're going out and I was a photographer. So I'd normally go out with a reporter more times than not. A lot of times I'd go out by myself and, and just have to shoot stuff and interview, but you had to turn around and have it on, have it edited and ready for, you know, the four o'clock, five o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock news. So you had to move really fast. And then if there's like breaking news and you'd have to take a live in and you'd have to shoot, um, you know, at the scene of, of what was happening and, and feed it back to the, um to the tv station and and your reporter will go live so you have several live shot you're editing so anyways saw a lot of bad stuff when i worked in the news um uh, you know a lot of fires a lot of you know murder scenes and a lot of really bad things that um you know i didn't anticipate um but uh after five years, it was, you know, just kind of weighing on me. Um, now out of that, out of, uh, working in news, I was able to, to use the camera gears and the camera gear and other, um, stuff, uh, that I needed on the weekends. The, the bosses I had were really flexible and they would let me. So I started, so I actually did my first couple of short films that I wrote and directed while I worked in TV news. Um, on the weekends you know obviously no budget and friends helping out and stuff so um again i had a i had a plan all along working in news to just try to transition over to doing more narrative stuff of, of what i wanted to do you know making movies and stuff so anyways after five years got out of news um you know had to hustle for a while uh you know work some jobs that, that weren't in the field until I was able to buy my own camera gear, my own equipment and um, started my own production company a couple of years after working in news and um, in news, I actually made a lot of contacts to in the town that I live in. So that benefited me after the fact um, as far as people needing kind of corporate videos for their websites and, you know, for training videos and, and, and whatever, again, wasn't hundred percent what I want to do, but if it was anything video related and in, in, in the, the field, that was always, that was great to, to be able to produce that and actually get paid for it, you know, and mm -hmm. make a living off of it. So it, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it, it, it's been a hustle, hundred percent been a hustle um for doing this um and i've never made a killing doing what i'm doing but um but i've always stayed true to myself and i've always stayed true to what i truly feel like god put me on this earth to do and i've always been taken care of you know never been out on the streets and and uh, always had a roof over my head and and, and whatnot so um so started my own production company 2008 doing a lot of TV, local TV commercials, picked up some good clients, just doing a lot of corporate stuff. And I ended up picking up clients all around the United States and, and traveling and doing whatnot, um, doing, you know, good work for, for people. Um, so fast forward to 20, it's actually 2019. I'm sure you guys have seen the show on the History Channel called The Unexplained that William mm -hmm. Shatner hosts. Yes. Yes. I, I love that show. That show's awesome. I do too. Uh, yeah. So the first episode that they ever did, they profiled a house in um, in Indiana, the Willow's Weep House. Um, and and Dave Spinks, who owns that, he's a paranormal investigator, lives in West Virginia. And it was only like a seven to eight minute segment, and they called it the most evil house in America. And and um, and I just thought it was really intriguing but at that time my mom was like man this would be a really good 
house and really good story to actually write a narrative movie about, which I ended up doing after the fact. I, I never produced the narrative movie, but I ended up getting up with the owner of the house and um, and meeting him there. It was a long drive, <laughs> so it's like a 12-hour drive for me. But I ended up going a couple of times, and that was my first um, – kind of parlay into the paranormal field um per se because you know i've always been into to horror and 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 ghosts and ufos and bigfoot and stuff like that but never really shot content or or, or did much with that um so w when i went to that house and actually catching some paranormal evidence and stuff you know it just it, it really um it really sparked a light bulb inside my head well let me back up a little bit so I, before that I, I had written and directed two narrative movies one's over my shoulder that poster is called the jailhouse um which i actually had c thomas howe who was a big actor back in the 80s that was the first movie i ever did i wrote it and directed it c thomas howe was in the outsiders he was in his pony boy in the outsiders with tom cruise and patrick swayze and matt Dillon and and all these other um diane lane and then he was in red dawn he was in the hitcher movie the original hitcher movie um so I, I had an investor in that was able to to have a little bit of a budget we brought him in from california and he filmed with us for three weeks um you can find that movie the jailhouse on on scare network too i put that on there and then i did another movie if you see up there the terrible two that's my second narrative movie that I wrote and directed and I actually shot this here in my house um, back in 2015 and uh, we shot for about two weeks actually kicked my wife and my girls out for two weeks um, and, and we took over the house and filmed a horror movie and I don't think I don't think my girls have even seen it yet they're getting older now so they probably watch it not that it was that scary <laughs> but it, it was an independent horror movie but anyways the reason that I bring that up is because both times when I did those movies, I signed with, um, I, well, I'll just call it how it is, really shady distributors out in Los Angeles who took my movie. You know, I did all the work, found the money, produced it, wrote it, directed it, had it edited, all that, signed with these distributors. They sold it, literally sold both movies around the world, made money off of it, and I didn't get anything out of it. Terrible mm -hmm. 2, we made a little bit of money, maybe – nothing to write home about maybe four to five thousand dollars but what i had in it is just no comparison so anyway so with those two movies it just you know it, it really frustrated me the system of of the way independent movies were handled and um and the the low rate distributors who do this to independent filmmakers because yeah they, you know they they can take their movies they can sell around the world they can make a quick buck not pay the filmmaker because they know the filmmaker doesn't have the money to sue them properly sue them and stuff so it's a really weird twisted game and i know the music industry is a lot like that too it's probably even worse from what i hear yeah. so with all that being said that in 2015 when i was doing the terrible two and going through that there was just this idea planted of man how can we you know how can we come up with something and self-distribute and and really you know try to reach the masses and and try to um try to stay in control of what money you make and, and continue to keep making good content and never have to give it up to anybody else and so you know um obviously netflix is the king of streaming and and everybody knows netflix so it's like if you look at their business model and what they have done at this point they're just a giant worldwide but if you simplify what they've done um that's what i try to follow um so fast forward again 2021 fall of 2020 you know after the pandemic broke and everything mm -hmm. shut down um I was really looking for new opportunities to just to do something else, but in the same field. And so I came up with Scare Network um, several months before I even started it. And then in January 2021, I actually started the 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 site and I was actually doing it through Vimeo. Vimeo has a system where you can um, you can actually start a streaming site through their um, 
through what they have built and they make it really easy for you because you know Vimeo is a huge company so they have all the tools and, and resources to to be able to host these types of sites and stuff now the trade-off is well there's a couple things you obviously you have to have content to put on there to, to attract people to it mm -hmm. but then on the flip side um vimeo has a lot of fees and a lot of um they take a good percentage of, of what you make and what you bring in so although everything they make it look really good and really easy um again there's that trade-off of, of people taking from you so um Again, with that, I'm, I am thankful for Vimeo because it did give me to start. It, it allowed me to be able to, to start Scare Network, to get a, make a little bit of a name for ourselves, to continue to create um, original documentaries and pick up some other films and make a little bit of money. We, we didn't um, make anything to write home about, um, but it was making enough to, to keep financing new projects and, and a little bit of marketing here and there and, and whatnot. So um, luckily early on, I linked up with Sean Austin, who I think you guys have, have had on the show before. Great paranormal investigator. And uh, the the very first documentary we ever did is called Malathus. And we shot that. That's That was kind of the, the linchpin to, to start all this. We shot that January of 2021 and we released it in June of 2021. And um, yeah, I have that poster back here too. It's kind of hard to, uh, where the, yeah, that one. But it's, <laughs> it's a cool poster. It's got a big monster overlooking the uh, overlooking the house and stuff. But that was a um, that was a good one. We shot that in Ohio, in probably about the third week of January. And again, me. I was very naive, very naive when I um, when I did that because I was just like, man, because I'd heard Sean had been to this house and he had some experiences five years later and he felt like he had an attachment. He may have told you guys a story that kind of followed him for, for five years plus and really uh, caused a lot of havoc in his life. So there's a good backstory and he had a lot of good um, evidence that he had gotten with his cell phone and, and some other little cameras back in you know, 2015, 2016 that he, he documented. So we were able to interject that into what we got, but we went and um, stayed maybe three or four days at that house and we're just mm -hmm. shooting nonstop. Um, but again, when I got there, I was very naive. Um, even with my professional equipment and stuff, I was like, man, you know, I'll, I'll walk around here and I'll just, I'll be able to film a ghost. And, and, um, and that that just wasn't the case. It's just not that easy. Obviously, <laughs> the paranormal was a lot different. But um, but there was a good story there, and that's what drew it to me. I got really good interviews. We got really good evidence, mm -hmm. um, and I was very skeptical too. And and I think that's what made this documentary so good, is because I actually left a lot of stuff out that I shown and them claimed to be evidence, and I actually put it on the cutting room floor because either I didn't hear a response or um one thing or the other um but but that documentary um if you go and read the imdb reviews on that imdb stands for internet movie data database if, if people don't know what that is but go and read the reviews on the mouth is document there's about 40 written reviews of people i don't i have no idea who they are and they all just rant and rave about say it's one of the best or better paranormal documentaries they've ever seen and it's um you know and, and still i mean we released that almost three years ago and still a lot of people don't know about it but it is a really good really good film and so um so when we released that june of 21 again we were getting really good responses really good reviews and all that so all that does is just kind of motivates me to keep creating and to keep looking for new stories and um and telling these stories in, in a unique way that um that not a lot of people can because i've been doing it for so long i feel like just with my experience from news and then all the corporate clients and everything i've done over the years has kind of prepared me to to be a good storyteller so i bring kind of my narrative filmmaking um outlook and abilities into these paranormal true crime monster horror that's that's the four things we focus on paranormal true crime monster horror so that's the content we try to not try. That's the only content we stick to is those genres. 
So I try to bring in my storytelling abilities with each thing we do versus, you know, a lot of, you know, paranormal docs that, that are just, um, you know, look like live shots, live TikToks and stuff like that. Not knocking that because we do use a lot of lives and stuff too. Um, well, we use a lot of evidence from lives, not lives. But um, if, if Sean and other investigators are working with, they're doing a separate live, we're at a location and they get great evidence, we'll, we'll pop it in there if it fits in with what we're, we're trying to accomplish and stuff. So what I try to do with a lot of these scare network um, documentaries and, and, and films that we've done and are continuing to do is um, I try to, if the location, if there's a his, history that can be told, I try to project that in. Like, for example, the Malathus one, we couldn't get any history, any real history on that location per se. Um, but the owners told of, they wouldn't go on camera, but they told of what they thought and heard was the history of that land and that location. So a lot of the evidence we got backed up what they said. So we just kind of ran with that. Now, let's say if we go to like, we did a documentary on Yorktown um, in, in Texas. And obviously there's a, a very sad history to that with, the number of patients who have passed away there. So, you know, we were able to get some interviews on the real history and stuff and that. And then again, the evidence backs it up. So me, um, I like being able to get a history of a location and a place. And, um, and then when we get evidence to, to corroborate what happened there, that's very gratifying to me um, or for me. So um, me as a filmmaker and stuff, um, you know, I'm not a paranormal investigator. I don't claim to be whatever, but I've been around a lot of, I've been around enough locations and enough places now that, that I, I kind of understand um, what's good evidence, what's real evidence and, and whatnot. And so I get really good interviews too, or try to get good interviews to, to help carry the story. So my philosophy is to, um, I'm not trying to convince a viewer if the paranormal is real or not. I'm just going to tell the story. I'm going to put our evidence that we got out there and you can make your own judgments and assertions from that. I'm not trying to convince you one way or the other. So, um, so yeah, so we've, we've been fortunate and blessed enough and, and Sean super well connected in the, uh, in the paranormal field. You know, he's, he had the show on, on Netflix at 28 days haunted and then he had the, the travel channel show or a couple of travel channel shows that he was on. And so he um, he's constantly um, people are constantly contacting him about, you know, locations and stories and, and whatnot. So he's been a, a value, a invaluable asset for for what I've tried to, to accomplish with this platform and stuff. And um, and with ScareNet, we're, we're just a baby right now. Um, you know, I mentioned the Vimeo thing. About a year ago, I made a I took a leap of faith and, and kind of left Vimeo and I hired some developers to build our site from the scratch, from the ground up, from scratch. Mm -hmm. So they've been working on it for about a year and see all of our apps and stuff still aren't updated. Um, we've got the Apple iOS app. Um, should be updated next week. Roku's getting updated. Um, even though Roku's out, um, we got Fire Stick, um, Apple TV. We'll have Android, Android TV, and then the desktop and stuff. So um, when I left Vimeo, um, it was tough because, like I said, Vimeo made things so easy and so seamless. Um, but there was a the trade-off that, again, like I said, they take. <laughs> they just have so many fees and whatnot built in. So it's, you know, I, I, I know I've lost a lot of customers over the last year because of this transition. It's been a, a really tough transition from a technical standpoint because everything hasn't been working, uh, but it will be. It will be. We're getting there and our website looks clean and fresh and, and all that. I just we just need all the systems to s start working together properly and everything be updated and stuff. So, um yeah, I mean, I'm happy with where we are. Like I said, I, I feel like Scare Network platform is a is a baby to where I want it to be, you know. Um, and I'm not in this to to get rich, to get famous. It's never been my goal in life. I, I like I said earlier, I do what I do because I I truly feel like that's what I was put on this earth to do. So money, fame, any of that stuff has never driven never driven me, never has, never will. 
Um, I'm doing, I just love creating new stories and putting new stories out there and people being able to relate and actually maybe get entertained by what we create and stuff. So anyways. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Prior to the documentaries and um, Scare Network, were you a believer of the afterlife and did you ever experience any paranormal activity? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a believer of the afterlife. Um, paranormal activity, no. Um, not that I can recall. And, and Sean and others we work with, they're amazed that I don't get affected by some of these locations and stuff that we go to. Um, and I, I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very strong believer. I'm a very strong Christian and, and pray a lot and whatnot. And so I feel protected. Um, and not that I ever obviously want anything to attach to me or anything like that. When I go to a location and stuff, I feel like I'm so keyed in on what I need to do from a production standpoint um, that I don't even have time to think about it or let stuff affect me like that. Um, the one time, no, I did mention Yorktown in Texas. That place, that's the one place that I truly feel like, so, so that place I think you can only do overnight or so. We got there at like nine o'clock at night and you have to be out by like six o'clock the next morning. And when we went, it was in February and it was super cold and a lot of busted out windows. There is no electricity in there. Um, so the first couple of hours we went, Sean and Eric, um, guy who's in a lot of our documentaries too, they went around and live stream because it was a really huge abandoned hospital. And, uh, and I went around by myself. It was just us three went around by myself getting, just getting a lot of shots. It's called B-roll, um, just video shots to, to help carry the story of, you know, wide shots, tight shots on, whatever it may be dolls or abandoned kitchen or, or whatever. Um, well, they had a really creepy basement there where there was a supposed um, murder, double suicide that occurred sometime back in the eighties where a, a woman was having an affair with a, a guy and the husband came and, and killed both of them down in the basement and, um, and then shot himself. Um, so I was down there in that area, which I'm sure more more stuff than that happened down there. More bad things happened. Um, and that was the one place where I felt like when I was getting shots and again, no electricity, it's dark. So I'm having to walk around with a huge light um, in my camera and tripod and everything. But um, but I knew I had a job to do because if I didn't get the B-roll and video, nobody else was. So that's what I was there for. But that's the one place where I felt like truly felt like some something was right on my back the whole time or look not on my back but looking over me and, and mm -hmm. looking at me. um and we've been to some crazy places but that's the one that is the most but yes go back to your question definitely believing in afterlife believed in the afterlife but i can't say that i had any paranormal experiences before doing all this if i did i didn't recognize them so it seems like um the training in in the news the reporting has helped you for now because you like to bring the real the story behind the, the history and then show the evidence which is basically what reporting is right yeah yeah um, and yeah i mean the good thing about news well for me the good thing about news is you're, you're doing so many interviews so i say to this point i know i've, I've probably done ten thousand interviews with news by myself. So I'm, I'm inadvertently or, or gotten really good at asking questions, even if somebody's not a good interviewer, um, like on camera, I can guide people into knowing what I need to hear because it's weird. I have this weird thing where I can almost edit something while I'm actually shooting it and while I'm hearing stuff mm -hmm. and you know, I can hear somebody say a, a sound bite, and in my head, I'd be like, "Oh man, that's that's going to sound really good in the trailer of this this particular project." <laughs> so, um, and that just comes with experience. Not saying I'm gifted by any stretch of imagination. That just comes with years of experience and years of doing it and doing so many interviews and, and being aggressive with continuing to do production and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, but. You know, you guys know the news is so negative, man. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's ninety-five percent negative, and maybe at the yeah. very 
they have a little puppy on there. About to say, yeah. So um, I try, I try to not watch too much news because I, you know, I'm already dealing, with, already dealing with the macabre a lot. So I don't need any more of that. But anyways. Mm -hmm. the, what, are your, what are your hopes for the scare network because i do see it growing i know that right now you're going through like you know some growing pains and of course you have to yeah. start somewhere but i really do see it expanding so i'm going to tell you congratulations ahead of time but what are your like hopes and dreams for uh your network um like i said i mean i just want to continue to 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 keep telling good stories, um, whether they be documentaries. I, I mean, I want to do narrative films too. Not, not me personally. Um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of my focus, but I want, I want to be able to have the opportunity to give other filmmakers a chance because I know how hard it is to, to get chances in this business and stuff. So again, with God willing, whatever revenue we make, I just want to sink it right back into this platform mm -hmm. and, keep creating new content and, and sending people out. Um, now I'm a perfectionist and I, I feel like I've kind of set a bar with our original stuff. Now we're starting to pick up other films from other filmmakers and I'm work, working with some other distributors who have horror films and other stuff. Um, with that being said, like our original stuff, I'm, you know, I, I try to set the bar that I want to kind of, stay stay at um and you know i don't want to be youtube i want i want us to have really good content that people say hey paranormal true crime horror monster content man like this this platform just has they do really good work in in those specific genres and stuff so um I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm sure you guys over the last several years have seen the dismantling of Travel Channel with Discovery, Warner, Warner Brother. I, I guess it's Warner, or maybe it's just called Warner Media now, buying that. It's this weird thing where they've gotten rid of a lot of their paranormal shows and other mm -hmm. stuff. I think I kind of wrote in the, the little bio I sent you guys. Um, I, I think there's a little void there, especially in the paranormal field, a little void to fill. So, I'm not in a position to, to constantly, I, I mean, I wish I was, I wish we could put a new, a new title out, you know, once a week or a new series out once a week. We're going to get there. Um, but you know, uh, baby steps. Um, I can be impatient at times too, because I, it's like, man, like I know what we can do. If there was 10 of me and we we're actually generating good revenue, then man, like game over because we we do tell good stories and it's not just me i mean it's others that i work with too are, are, are telling good stories and, and helping out and stuff too so yeah i mean who knows man i i i just want to keep creating i want to give others opportunity and, um, and fill that void and, and i want people to be able to turn and turn to us and be a very specialized I, I definitely don't want to be as big as Netflix. I mean, that is like such a monster. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's um, that's what I want to do. Just keep creating and keep entertaining people. I think you, like Sarah said, one girl said, um, there is very positive energy coming towards you. So yeah, there's going to be good growth, and you're going to get to more than what you ever expected, so. I hope so, I hope so. Thank you for saying that, it, it means a lot because it is just in the three years of doing this, yeah, we just celebrated our three year anniversary and we didn't, I didn't really do anything for it, but um, it, it is it has truly been a hustle and really the only person who, who knows how much of a hustle and struggle it's been has been my wife, who's obviously sees me travel and mm -hmm. I have off, you know, sometimes a week at a time and, um, and come back and, you know, put this content and stuff together. And it's no easy task, you know, mm -hmm. especially editing the stuff that we do and, and whatnot. So, um, again, thank you for saying that. It, it means a, it means a lot to me. Um, but I know that, that, you know, hoping that the hard work and stuff is going to pay off. And I'm just, I'm just doing what I have to do right now to, to, to get to where, we want to be where we can bring others on to, to kind of do some of the jobs, some of the 20 jobs that I'm doing right now. 
Yeah. Yes, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are familiar with that word. Mm. So, um, do you have any projects that are you're working on right now? Or? Yes. Yeah, we got. I've got a bunch in the can. Um, you guys heard of Shanley Hotel, right? In yes, New York. Yes, I've been there. Yes. Um, so we released a documentary. Well, it's actually a two-part documentary back in December. It's called Demon Castle. It's about this castle in Auburn, New York. And I don't know if you guys saw the trailer or actually watched those documentaries. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was really good. We went there and we shot for a few days. Um, and then Shanley was only about three hours from there. So when we left this, the Demon Castle, or, or Auburn Castle in Auburn, New York. We just went down to Shanley. This is back in the end of June, beginning of July. So we left this place, went to Shanley, and shot for two days at Shanley. And it's crazy because I'm, I'm actually putting it together right now, and I think I think I can have it out by the end of February. Um, it's going to be really good. Um, Kelly, the one that owns it, she gave a phenomenal interview. Um, I was actually going through stuff today, and and our evidence is is really good too. Um, and so it seems like something from that Auburn Castle kind of followed us down to the the Shanley and came in and kind of worked its way into that place. And you'll see, you'll understand when you watch it. So there's a really um, crazy connection there of, of how that happened. So. So we'll have that um, come out, like I said, at the end of the month. Um, nice. And then a few weeks ago, um, went to Bristol, Tennessee. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this place it's called the Yura Shrine, U-R-A. I don't it's, think I have. You should look it up. It's really weird. It's this, it's a shrine that this guy was a whole house, and the guy's super nice. His name's Rick, and he allows any type of groups to come in there and do whatever they want to do, whether it be witches, whether it be devil worshipers, whether it be whatever. He lets anybody and everybody come in and do what they want to do in this place. And he's got different rooms and stuff. And there's been a, there's been a little bit done on this. If you if you go on YouTube and um, or, or just Google your shrine, you'll find a, a little bit on it. But there's supposedly he gave a really good interview and he supposed it has some uncles who potentially back in the 80s, killed some people on the land too. So there's some true crime mixed in wow. with this weird shrine that he has built there. And uh, there's, so anyways, um, we went and shot there and I went with, you know, with Sean Austin and actually Shane Pittman, who I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's been on Hold Your Files and he was on the Netflix show with Sean too, 28 Days Haunted. But Shane met us there and and Sean and, and a couple others. And um, it was good. We were there for three days and man, we got some really good stuff and some really weird things happened there too. So um, when I finish with Shanley, I'm going to start working on that. And that is, um, that'll probably be a series. I, I think mm. I can get episodes from that because we got some, we got some, some really, really good stuff there. Um, and I, I mean, I've got a couple other docs in the can. Um, I, I have a guy who helps me kind of part-time doing some editing, but he has, um, he has other stuff going on too. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I need to hire a full-time editor <laughs> because I have like three or four projects just sit on hard drives that, that I could be. Interns. 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 I've had interns in the past. They don't know how to edit the way that. <laughs> so, but yes, um, we do. We got we got a lot of stuff in the can. Um, like I said earlier, I just wish there was ten of me. If there was, um, we could be spitting out a lot, a lot faster and stuff. So. Oh, go ahead, Glenda. All right, I hear you. Yeah. I do the editing, so I know. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Can you tell us a little bit more about how, like, the scream, uh, the scare? I'm sorry, the scare network works. Like, how they can like go get it, watch it, you know, that type of stuff. Subscribe. Yeah. To it. yeah so, so scare network, like I mentioned earlier. Um, we have the apps out on Roku, on Fire TV or, or um, Fire Stick, um, whatever it's called. Um, 
Apple iOS is getting updated right now. Um, Apple TV. So, so basically, another reason that I, le I left Vimeo was um, we have actually turned the whole platform to free with ads. So right now you can go and create a free um, a free account on, if you go to ScareNetwork.tv and create a free account and you can start watching any of our content for free with ads. Just you know, kind of like Tubi and, and obviously mm -hmm. what YouTube does, but. Um, but if you want, um, it, we also offer the monthly subscription for ninety nine a month, and that uh, with that you can watch ad free. And um, when we do new releases and stuff, those are exclusively for our um, for our subscribers for for a week or two, and then we, we release it to get free. And I'm I, I'm going to start putting up some more exclusive content for our subscribers too on the platform strictly be for our subscribers so you know it's 4.99 a month cancel anytime you want to um and and again we have the free option which i think is awesome so um got really good content on there we just uh, again we have just not done any type of proper marketing for it um and it frustrates me from you know at different times because I'm like, man, we we have so much good content on there, but no one knows about it. You know what I'm saying? And again, that that comes with marketing. So, um, and and you know, word of mouth and stuff too. So, um, with that being said, um, I, sometimes I have to tame my impatience and just realize that you know uh, everything comes in due time and. And, and um, just uh, again, keep saying it. Just uh, all I can do is just keep working hard, keep putting stuff out there, and hopefully, um, the stuff that we put out there will get its just due. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you put out different genres there. Um, like, what do you what do you lean more into? Is it like the true crime, the paranormal, like the cryptics monster, or you just like all of them the same? Um, hold on one second. Let me ask you this. Sure. Um, um so, um, so the paranormal documentaries and stories have been the, the biggest thing that we've been able to do over the last few years because we've been able to produce them at such a um, we've been able to keep costs down with them and still tell really effective stories with them. Um, with that being said, we've gotten a lot of help along the ways. A lot of locations have helped us out and, and maybe not charged, you know, their full rate and stuff. Um, and a lot of people just stepped up and helped us out, um, which I'm tremendously grateful for. Um, now we did do, we did a true crime, um, series in uh, Bel Air, Ohio. It's called The Devil in Bel Air, and it's a four-part series. And we um, really crazy story. This back in 1995, this 17-year-old kid um, got really heavy into devil worship, and then um, he ended up killing his parents on a Friday night, and uh, he cut his dad's head off and put it in a punch bowl and did a ritual around it. Really weird. And he had a hit list. He was gonna he tried to kill his, his his little brother had a football game that night so he didn't come home but he tried to lure his brother home his brother called at like one o'clock he'd already killed his parents and he's telling his brother he's like hey mom and dad are mad at you you need to come home he was over at a friend's house and the brother hung up on and said i'm not coming home but then the brothers felt bad and started going home well at the same time the kid who had just killed his parents left because he knew where the brother was and they crossed paths so the brother went home, found his parents. The the guy who killed his parents was at his friend's house. He immediately went to a fire station, called the cops. The brother did, and they arrested the other brother who had a gun with him walking down the road. Really weird story. So we went there and spent some time, and 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 I was with Sean and others. So we interjected um, some paranormal and went out to the the graves of the parents. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful at all, um, but nothing big has ever been done on this story. So there was we did a really good true crime thing mixed in some paranormal. Um, and I, I, I know you guys know is as morbid as it sounds, people love true crime stories. They do. Yeah. And so um I would love to do more on those or more, more true crime. And 
again, since I was a kid, like I was, you know, I've always loved UFO and alien stuff. Always loved it. Um, so I definitely want to do more stuff on that. Um, and the horror stuff, horror, horror stuff will come. Like, I mean, I can make a horror movie in my sleep if I wanted to. So that's the, um, and, and then there's so many other horror movies that we can actually pick up and put on the platform too. So, um, but the paranormal, people have really resonated with what we have put out as far as our original paranormal documentaries and stuff. So I'd love to kind of push the boundaries on those and, and do more. And, you know, it's kind of hard at this point to find locations that haven't been done by other teams and, and other things. And, um, and that's okay. I mean, even if we go to places that have been investigated many, many times, I'm still going to put my spin and, and my style on, on that location and, and see what we get. And, and just put that out there so yeah those four genres um that's that's it so uh, but the paranormal true crime are probably what i want to do um, yeah. more yeah so, very good i could i could see that yeah yeah true crime is always good because that like you your background comes in really handy on that yeah the research and the investigation part of it yeah and then just documenting everything you found yeah um you know Net netflix again the king um they do really good true crime docs and they they are obviously have the resources to be able to do a lot of reenactments and stuff and, mm -hmm. um and so as we grow, I want to do kind of more reenactments because that's just a more entertaining way to tell the story of, of what really happened um, in particular cases and stuff. So, so, so paranormal too. Paranormal. I mean, you could do reenactments too. We did a we did a documentary. Um, it wasn't really paranormal. It's called um, Devil Down South. And it was really good. It's about this girl who's um, she's probably mid thirties now, but when she was fifteen years old, she dabbled in black magic and did um, was reading these books. I don't know. Well, girl, can't close that door, Etta. <laughs> um, and her her aunt was a witch and and uh, gave her some really bad advice and. She did some spells with some black candles and pentagram and invited something in and um, and a lot of bad stuff happened, has happened to her, you know, 15 years since she did it. And Sean had been working with her. Um, she had reached out to Sean. She had seen Sean on some stuff. But um, but that story, we I, the reason I brought that up is I was actually able to hire some actors and do some reenactments with that. That was the only way I felt because well, a the girl didn't want her face shown, and I had to change her voice, so I couldn't just do a documentary <laughs> with not showing her face and and changing her voice and to tell a story. So we I had to hire actors and stuff to do reenactments with that. That really helped carry that story. Um, that story's crazy because then it ties in. There's a, another legend down in Mississippi. It's called the Witchy Yazoo. Um, and this girl. I like that name. The Witchy Yazoo. That sounds cool. <laughs> so I ended up doing, I did like a 25, 26 minute documentary on the Witchy Yazoo. That story is insane. I want to go do more on that and potentially do a narrative movie on that. Um, this The girl who we did the doc on, she's got ties to the Witchy Yazoo. And the legend of the Witchy Yazoo is. Back in the late 1800s, this woman, a witch, lived out in the woods off the Mississippi River, and she was apparently luring boaters off of the Mississippi in their cabin and was killing them. And the sheriff and his deputies got wind of it, went out to her house, um, chased her through the woods. She got caught in quicksand, and they didn't pull her out. They let her die, and when she um, was going under, she raised her fist in the air and said, um, I'm going to burn this city down in 20 years. And that happened in 18, maybe 1884. One of you, 1881, 1884. Well, 20 years later to the day, 
Yazoo City, Mississippi burned to the ground. And there's documentation that was in the New York Times. And and they said that it wasn't even a windy day, but the flames were jumping from house to house. And the woman was buried, the witch was supposedly buried out in the um out in the the local graveyard and the grave's still there and they had put chains around the grave and supposedly after the the city burned down um the chains were broken all the townspeople went out there and chains were broken of the witch's grace it's a really cool story um got i've got a shorter story on that on the witchy yazoo and it kind of ties in with the the devil down south thing so sorry i kind of got off track but i was talking about reenactments and but that story is crazy, which y'all I definitely want to watch that. <laughs> it's on there. And Devil Down South, too. The girl in the Devil Down South took a picture of her shoulder one time, and it's in the documentary. And you can clearly see a witch sticking her hair out. You can see the pointed nose and the hat, and she's green. And so it's crazy. It was in her hallway at her house. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen some crazy stuff just in the few years I've been doing this particular thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty wild. It is. It is. So yeah. um yeah, we're coming kind of towards the end. Is there anything that you haven't mentioned that you would like to Lord, I think I've given you all my life story and then some oh I uh, again thank you guys for having me on yeah I just encourage anyone to to um you know go to scarenetwork.tv and and just kind of browse around and see what we have um and take a look and give us a shot and, and help support a you know an independent growing streaming platform so you guys have any other questions or anything yeah go subscribe guys yes yeah. please and uh, you know Let's uh, get this going because it sounds like you are going to make a difference in the field. You have our support. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think we've gotten a, um, just for being around this short amount of time, I think we've gotten a, I'd like to hope we've gotten a pretty good reputation as far as the type of content that we put out, we create, and, and, Mm -hmm. and keeping it real more than anything, if that makes sense, and especially in the paranormal field too. Definitely. Well, thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, we'll be happy to have you back. Definitely. Especially when you get some of those other projects out. Yeah, yeah. Reach out. More about him. I'd love to come on and talk to him. Bring Sean on and he can talk more on him too. Yeah, maybe the two of you could come together. Yeah, be awesome. Yeah, feel free to plug anything else you want to, um, you know, the website again or anything before we leave. Yeah, again, the website's really easy. Just scarenetwork.tv. Uh, just type that in your web browser or, or go on, you know, your your Apple iOS app and search it or, or just Google Scare Network and it'll give you links to, to anything or your Roku TVs. We need more people on Roku and so many people on Roku TVs. We just need you to go and download the app, download the app for free and start watching for free. That's that's yeah. all that we ask. We need, we need more people on the site too. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you, Sarah. Thank you to our audience. And as always, we love you and see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.